We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what rich culture is about. About, about, about. What up, world? You guys are listening to Brunch Culture. I'm your boy, Randall Keith, and as always, I'm joined by my girl, Miss Lisa Victoria. What's up, y'all? All right, so y'all know how we like to do here on Brunch Culture. We start off with our weekend review. Lisa, let them know what happened this week. Well, this week we have some shocking news. Um, Attorney General Eric Holder resigned. Um, it was completely unexpected by us. I had no idea he was going to resign at all until I saw the news on my Twitter feed, and then I would presume to Google it um, just to get more information. Um, so we don't know exactly why he resigned. I'm assuming that it was just a personal decision of his. Uh, but we definitely are sad to see him go. Um, so thank you, Attorney General Eric Holder, for doing your job well. Most definitely, most definitely. And I think it kind of caught me off guard. Not kind of, it definitely caught me off guard as well. Like I didn't know until uh, I got your phone call mentioned it to me when you asked me about that. I'm like, wait, what? I completely missed the news. Um, and apparently it was a lot of people that were – caught off guard from it because usually when these types of things happen it becomes major news for like a week and then we have that one event uh the one announcement and it's an announcement about something else and then you hear that but for the most part um i looked back on on the internet and saw that a couple sites kind of alluded to it but it wasn't something that was i think expected at all so it definitely caught us all off guard but most definitely Eric Holder has done some incredible things um, with our justice systems, particularly in terms of addressing the way that we handle minor drug offenses um, and which are particularly impact my minorities. So I think whoever is going to step in that role, they have some big shoes to fill. I will say, though, much props to Eric Holder for saying that he is going to stay on board until his successor is confirmed uh, by president and Congress. So, yeah, big ups for that. Yeah, um, and also we want to keep you updated on Ferguson. That's very important to us. Randall, let us know what happened in regards to Ferguson this week. Yeah, so Ferguson, um, this past week, uh, the Ferguson police chief actually issued an apology. Yeah, an apology the apology was given to the family of Mike Brown, to the people of Ferguson, um, to the African-American community, as well as to the people that are in um, the community in which the, the shooting happened. Um, basically, he his, the police chief agreed, and he apologized to the Brown family, stating that no one who's not experienced the loss of a child can understand what you're feeling, and he says, I'm truly sorry for the loss of your son. He also says, I'm also sorry that it took so long to remove Michael Brown from the street. Uh, he goes on to say the number of things. We'll post a couple articles to our social media 
outlet so you guys can see it. But basically the police chief is saying, apologizing for the way that Mike Brown's body just sat on the ground. If you didn't know, if you don't recall, his body was said to be laid in, out in the street after uh, the, the shooting for up to four hours. And some, some people say it was just that four hours. You have more people say that it was over four hours. But anywhere more than an hour or whatever time it took for the first responders to get there was excessive, and it showed a lack of concern um, on the on the, the parts of the, the police officials. So it's just it's really sad. A lot of people are saying that this apology is coming too late. Here we are seven weeks after the event itself happened, and the police chief is now just apologizing to the family who's had to endure this entire thing. I think one of the things that we have to be mindful of is with everything that's going on, the, with the events that happened in Ferguson afterwards, we still have a family that is without a son, without a loved one, and they're still mourning that loved one. So to just get an apology for the police chief, it's kind of like, ah, maybe you could have kept it. But, um, hey, you know, on the up and up, we'll we'll be thankful for at least getting that. Um, another thing that is kind of tied to this, here we are, it's really sad that it's becoming a part of news now that we have all of these offenses and killings of African-American men. As an African-American man, it definitely bothers me. But if you don't know, I feel like this was the story was kind of swept under the radar, something that I just found out about uh, with all of the news with Mike Brown and, and Ferguson and things like that. But a man named John Crawford III was actually shot dead in a Walmart store. Um, just a brief synopsis of what happened. Uh, John, John Crawford was said to be has been walking around with an air rifle in the store. Someone in the store, a customer in the store, called the police and said that a man had a gun and he was pointing it to people in the store. A lot of the the articles that I've been reading up on this say that the police came up during the time that the police approached. Uh, John Crawford, he was actually on the phone. The police came up to him. They apparently told him to drop the weapon, put the gun down, and proceeded to shoot him. Um, the catch to this is the weapon was something that was sold. The air rifle was sold at Walmart, and it was already out of the case. And so apparently he was walking around with that, not pointing it at it. I read an article it said the gentleman that originally made the phone call when asked later said that he, John Crawford, was not actually pointing the rifle at anyone. He just saw him carrying it, and it made him uncomfortable. So here we are. We have another instance where that's made national, that's making national news, where we have an African-American male that has been shot, killed by the police, and if you there's a video out, I've started to watch some of the video, but I opted not to watch the entire thing just for my own sanity. Um, but apparently, you see the video and you see that when confronted, John Crawford was not didn't do anything that made you think that he was trying to harm anyone. And it's just again, it's just really sad. It's extremely, extremely sad. Yeah. Also, I... yeah. So. In uh, a more lighter note, this past week we had 
scandal and how to get away with murder. Uh, this was the premiere, the season premiere of Scandal season four, which everybody was pretty excited about, and also yes. the the premiere of How to Get Away with Murder. Lisa, what did you think about those? Well, I actually haven't seen How to Get Away with Murder. Um, I had a prior engagement the night Scandal came on, which I so I missed Scandal, but I just got to catch up and see Scandal this morning and. I just, I thought it would be better. You know, I just, I'm a, I'm a scandal junkie. And I just didn't like the transition. If you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it, but I didn't like the transition from the island to D.C. I just thought it was, like, uh, choppy. But yeah. who am I? I, I? I thought it could have been better. But Shonda No Shade, I love you. You do great. Don't don't stop writing <laughs> scandal. But, um. I look forward to what you have coming up. It wasn't a cliffhanger where I left like, oh, what's going to happen next? It was just like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. So. That was, I was actually kind of glad that it wasn't an immediate cliff, cliffhanger, only because I think that it's kind of hard to keep that up. I was definitely glad to see that we got away from the everything, Olivia Pope's life being the major scandal and to it being more about her being able to solve a case, to figure out what was going on, to kind of listen, look, look to what one person is saying and be able to connect what she knows and be in tune with the gut that she always talks about that she has. So I was actually, I was pretty uh, satisfied with it. I think after just this long break, I was just glad to see some more scandal on TV. So I'm, I'm all down for it. Gotcha. I'm excited about it as well. Um, can't wait to this Thursday coming up to see what Shonda Rhimes has in store, how she's going to almost give us a heart attack again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's time for our main topic. Today's main topic came from um, something I saw online that struck me really hard. It says it's a um, piece called I Was Dying, and it says, first I was dying to finish high school and start college, then I was dying to finish college and start working, then I was dying to marry and have children, and then I was dying for my children to grow up enough for school so I could return to work, and then I was dying to retire, and now I'm dying, and suddenly I realized I forgot to live. Hmm. And that thing struck me because I can remember High school, like, man, senior year, junior year, I can't wait to be a college student. College, I can't wait to graduate, get a job, start making money. And then when you're out of college, you're like, man, I miss my college years. And you realize that you wasted your life wishing for the next moment and you never got a chance to appreciate the moment you're in. Right. Have you ever felt like that, Randall? Most definitely. I think that is kind of the narrative of most of our lives as, as young professionals, but kind of as people in general. I think we have a tendency to want to work to get to the next level and want to get better and want to get better and want to get better, and we forget the now. Um, it's funny, though, because when you sent me that and we started talking about it and I considered it, I considered about where I am now. I've recently, and I've kind of shared this with before, on the show before, but I've recently started to write a lot more. Um, I've started to do a lot more journaling 
And I have this really cool app. Um, it's called Day One, and it's like a journal app. You can lock it and secure it, but it literally allows you to just keep all of your all of your thoughts, document your days. You can add pictures. You, you can add music. Excuse me, music. Um, shoot video. There's a lot of different things that you can do, a lot of different components, but really just kind of that writing mode, me being able to stop and take a minute and to reflect on my day, to reflect on things that are happening, um, it that helps you just appreciate the moment, the moment more. I think it's typical, especially especially as young professionals that have all of these dreams and goals and aspirations, we tend to be so goal-oriented and just driven to – I want to achieve this. I want to get to this place. I want to see myself there. But when we get there, we're on to the next thing. and We haven't remembered this moment. And I remember particularly when I was in undergrad, I remember competing for uh, the Mr. UCF title. And of the five awards that were given that night, I received three of them. And I didn't win the title, but I won first runner-up, and I think it was, like, audience favorite and Mr. Congeniality. And I won, in total, maybe, like, $2,500 in scholarship in one night. And I just Uh remember not missing kind of the whole moment afterwards. I remember working all of the work that I had to put in to, to get into that moment, I remember being on stage, taking the pictures. Of course, you know, I have pictures and stuff from there. But there was a time period after that I went places and performed and and, and spoke to people and volunteered. And it was kind of a lot of stuff that came out of that. But I can honestly say I remember very little of it because my goal, my mind shifted into I have so many other things that I have to accomplish now that I've gotten this done. So let's work on these things. And I kind of miss those moments. So now where I'm at in life, I'm making sure that I'm taking time to reflect, to stop, to breathe, to just take a moment to soak it all in and say, hey, this is what I'm doing at this moment in my life. Um, and, and, and this is, I appreciate it. I'm thankful for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree because you'll never get back today. Yeah. You'll never get back today, and if you don't appreciate it, you'll miss today hoping for tomorrow, and then tomorrow you'll spend your tomorrow wishing for the next day and so on and so forth, and you'll be to miss your whole life. Exactly. And in the reality is that the mountaintop moments we hope to achieve are just that moments. And it's so funny because I remember college graduation, high school graduation, being miserable days for me because they didn't feel like I thought they would. Hmm. You have these expectations that this moment is you the moment your ex the moment never reaches your expectations. Mhm. And so you're depressed because you had this high expectation for how this moment should feel that you worked for years to worked your butt off. Um to get and then it doesn't feel the when you the moment where they call your name and then it's over, you like, Man, I peaked and then you go back down and like, what's next? Then there's another peak to reach for. So right. if we're always living for the peak, we'll never be satisfied because it never feels as good as you thought it would. 
Hmm. Or it feels good, but it doesn't last. It doesn't last, yeah. I think that's the important piece of it. I think sometimes we can work for we can work so hard to get to that peak, as you said, and once we hit that peak, we expect that that nostalgic feeling to last. Oh, once I feel this, I'm going to feel this way for the next 30 days. And it's unfortunately just not reality that you're going to naturally feel that way. But one thing I want to say is I believe that if we're mindful, even in documenting what we want, I just recently looked back at uh, a while ago, I created a vision board for my Pinterest account. I went on Pinterest and I just started making, because I, I, I saw that, I think a, a couple, I've heard some, a couple girls saying they were having a vision board party. And I was like, oh, what's a vision board party? And they explained what it was and, you know, how you can literally talk to people about how you feel, the things that you want, and they can help you kind of build your your vision board. And so I was like, well, you know, I personally don't see myself having time to do that, but what I can do is use Pinterest. So I got on Pinterest, created a vision board, and about three days ago, actually, I pulled up with Pinterest, and I saw the vision board. I completely forgot about it. saw my vision board and saw everything that I put on my vision board and everything on that vis- that uh, vision board is something that I'm actively doing in my life now in terms of my relocation, in terms of wanting to dive into being more, doing more writing and a bunch of different things that I put on that vision board. It's my reality now. So although I didn't feel the same exact way I did when I got, when I got my new position or when I graduated or, uh, when I first moved, I'm able to have that moment of appreciation and soaking it all in because I documented what I wanted, and I've documented now. I'm documenting what I have, and I'm taking time to process it and think about it, and I'm able to make the connection and just be extremely thankful, extremely grateful, and realize just truly how blessed and fortunate I am, and I can truly, truly appreciate the moment because I know what those moments are. I'm able to look back and connect the dots of everything that happened and say, man, this is how I got here. So I think that's a, it's, a, it's an important way and a, and, a, and a good way to actually, I don't want to say relive that peak, but just be able to appreciate the peak and appreciate your life exactly where it is even more. And I think it's it's important to realize that the journey is the reward. Right. Not just the peak, and right. I think we 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 because what you learn on the journey is so much more valuable than what you learn at the peak. Exactly. And so I think if you keep that in mind, you realize I'm getting better day by day. I'm not defined by my highlights or my peak moments. I'm defined by how I lived out my day to day journey, and that's what really makes us the people we are not the peaks who are accolades. Yeah, that's true. It, that I think that that goes back to that that statement. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to butcher it, but it's something like life isn't a race, it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. So when we think about our lives, we think about the things that we want to achieve and all the things that we're doing or, you know, the places that we want to get to and the places that we want to go, it's not about just getting there really, really fast. It's about 
the journey to get there, the, the journey that you take to get there. And once you get there, being able to soak it in, to learn from it, to benefit from it, and I believe even to take it back, to reach back and give it to someone else. It's funny because I think as a society, one thing that we place a lot of value on are people that were super young and they were able to have a Ph.D. and they're 21, which is a great feat. It's something that's incredible. But at some point in time, you start to think, you know, how much is this person really able to enjoy and appreciate what what they have? I remember my dad talking about uh, Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson, and he was basically breaking down to me the reason that he believes they had so many issues in their adult lives. It's because they were so successful at such a young age, and they basically grew up too fast. People pretty much made them – they had to be these adults. They had to be these superstars. They had all of these demands that they were never able to really enjoy the process or enjoy what they had. So as adults, when these people are now in their 30s and 40s and the world is expecting them to operate like mature adults, they want to rebel. They want to do what they want to do. They want to have the opportunity to just live life and not care about what people have to say or care about responsibilities because they've never had that ability to do it. So I think about that and I say that, you know, that's probably something that is a little we, – we have to place the blame somewhat on our society because society rewards those people that are super young and that have all these things done, but we don't stop and consider what that means for that person, what things they may be lacking, and what areas in which they aren't able to enjoy because they're just trying to just do everything and just get to the end super, super fast. Yeah, and I I heard a, um, a artist say on Twitter that the people that do the best are those who who are their success shows later in life versus those who have it earlier. It seems like they're more balanced. They have a better head on their shoulder, like you like you said. So right. I think it's important for us to grasp that the character development on your journey is as important as your destination mm. because gifts can take you there, but character is the thing that's going to keep you there. So that's if you exactly don't have true. the character for your destination, you, your destination, the, your, the place you got, well, you won't be able to stay there. It'll be so, short lived. Yeah. And like you said, it's a, it's not a, not it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. If I run my fastest in the beginning, I'm not going to have enough strength to get through. You have to pace yourself. Exactly, exactly. So I think I just I hope with that, you know, as and this is something I think we're we're probably talking to ourselves. I know I'm definitely, you know, encouraging myself through this. But I think one thing that we should note as as people as young professionals is that wherever it is that we see ourselves, whatever that end goal is, or those end goals are, I do believe that, you know, we set some goals, we achieve them, and then we set new goals. But remember that it's a process, and there are so many things that you're getting. There's so many things that you're learning, even if you're trying something out for the umpteenth time. There's something that you, you're, you've you learned, you've become an expert in, and it's not about you just getting there and being this superstar, world-renowned, famous person for for this one thing. 
It's about the journey that of you getting there and you learning from that moment and being able to share that with other people. Yeah, yeah. And and right what we wrote out on our Instagram, dear now, I appreciate you. Sincerely, ex complainer. Yeah. Because we complain a lot, but we just need to learn how to appreciate the presence. Amen to that. <laughs> so we're gonna move into our random topic. Random topic. So our random topic it's kind of like a, an infusion of a few random topics, but these are all surrounding the controversy and craziness that's come out about Scandal and Shonda Rhimes within the past week. Um, so, yeah. so this week, Columbus Short decided to throw a Scandal Watch party in the ATL. Um He's not on Scandal anymore, as if you watch Scandal, you would know. And the episode, I guess, was about him. He wanted people to watch his own funeral. But this was the kicker. This is what Ricky Smiley pointed out on his show. He charged for this party. So Columbus Short said, Shonda Rhimes not going to give me another check. I'm going to make some money off Scandal. Columbus Short (laughs) charged for the party. I'm not hating on Columbus. If you got, get it how you live. But uh, I thought that was pretty funny and random. He said, I'm going to charge for a Scandal Watch Friday for y'all to watch my funeral on Scandal. Exactly. Was I, was, I was all down and well. You know, the man want to hold a Scandal Watch Party. I realized that in the city, that's a huge thing. You have you have hotels that have their ballrooms, projector screens, and everything, but they're literally charging people up to $75 to come in to watch Scandal. Now, this is a free show that people are paying to come and watch. We won't even go into how that just don't make any sense. But, hey, you know, it's the city. People have it or at least perpetrate like they have it. So it is what it is. Cool. But the kicker was finding out that this dude actually charged for the party. Now, you have some people that tweeted and were like, he didn't charge directly. It was actually the club venue that charged it. He didn't host the party. The club hosted a party and invited him. At the end of the day, Columbus Show was there. They were charging people. Columbus Show is no longer on the sh- on the show. He's getting a check from somebody, and that somebody ain't Shonda Rhimes. You can't knock his hustle, but you just gotta say this is crazy random that you you still profiting off a show that you're not even on, and people actually want to pay to come to this venue because you're gonna be there as if. You're going to be on the show, but you're not going to be on the show. Like, it would be completely different if Kerry Washington was doing this because she's on the show. But, it, yeah, it's just real, real crazy. Really, really crazy. Real crazy. I, yeah. <laughs> and random. Make your money, man. Make your money. Yeah. Don't let it make you. Right. So, <laughs> and, and, and the other news of the crazy things that have come out, of scandal. Well, how about this? Let's prioritize this. So, People Magazine actually had some very some tweets about uh, scandal as well as how to get away with murder. So, during the episode of Scandal, the tweet read something to the tune of Carrie Washington. Oh, Olivia is back to straight having her straight hair. 
you know she means business. If you don't know, if you haven't seen the show, uh, Carrie Washington, at the opening of the show, she's on a beach. She has her natural kinky hair. And then when she comes back, she when she goes actually back to Washington, she has long, really straight hair. And so people, I'm sorry, People Magazine tweeted that, you know, because she has her straight hair, she must mean business. Of course, Twitter <laughs> world, and people didn't take too keen to that. So they went in on People Magazine saying they need to fire their intern, of which case they did. That didn't make any sense. As if that wasn't bad enough, during the premiere of How to Get Away with Murder, they tweet, People Magazine tweets, waiting for Viola to break into you is kind, you is smart, you is important. How how to get away with murder? Now, People Magazine. <laughs> I don't know who were behind these tweets, but they don't need yeah, to work. They didn't fire. Yeah, I, I mean, they don't need to work in media at all whatsoever. I don't understand how. Maybe the Kerry Washington thing. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know about hair, so maybe they didn't see that as being that big a deal. But this. Of all the roles Viola Davis has played, she's a great actress, by the way. You pull the role that she played, a very low-educated maid, and said that now she's in this role as a highly educated, very intelligent, powerful, beautiful lawyer, law professor, you are waiting for her to go back to this uneducated role as if that's like the best thing that she can do or the only thing she can do. I just don't get how y'all didn't get that. And then they released a statement, apology tweet, saying that it were the, the tweets were insensitive, it'll never happen again. Of course, a lot of people, they got the backlash and the wrath of people on Twitter There was one person that said they won't be picking up another issue of People Magazine, and they're definitely going to share with other people that they shouldn't do it. I think at least, you know, we should have some sort of uh, stop to so they can feel it and know that, hey, whoever you're doing, whoever's tweeting this out, you guys need to monitor this because this is really crazy. Like, shouldn't be happening at all. Yeah. Yeah, they they definitely got to do better because that is – Definitely, definitely not a good look on their behalf. So they definitely have to fire the person because it's going to be a bad reflection on the People magazine as an organization, and they don't want that. That's not a good look. Yeah. Not even We're going to close with our quote of the week. Today's quote of the week is, when you pay for experience, keep the receipt because it's too expensive to pay for it twice. And all that's saying is, hey, some experiences come with a lot of heartache and pain. You don't want to go through it again. So definitely learn from it so you don't make the same mistake twice. So we thank you for listening to Brunch Culture. Remember, check out us, check us out on social media at Brunch Culture um, on Twitter. That's twitter.com backslash brunch culture on Instagram. 
brunch underscore culture on Facebook at facebook.com backslash brunch culture. And remember, you can check out all our social media sites and our past episodes on brunchculturebc.com. And don't forget to join the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by hashtagging chatbc. And remember, at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.